mercy and grace. excited because of your presence that is palpable in this house. We, we come on the wings of mercy asking that you will send us help out of your holy hill of Zion. Thank you Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 65 from verse 6. Did I say 65? Yeah, 65 from verse 1. To the chief musician, a psalm and song of David. Praise waits for you, O God, in Zion. And unto you shall the vow be performed. O thou that dwellest O thou that hearest prayer, sorry, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, you shall purge them. Blessed is the man whom you choose and causes to approach unto you that he may dwell in your courts we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house even of your holy of your holy temple by terrible things in righteousness will you answer also god of our salvation who is the confidence of all the earth of all the ends of the earth and of them that are far off upon the sea we yeah bring it down a little bit there's so much alright that, that psalm is is a very rich psalm in the sense that it details for us some of the very important landmarks as far as the exercise of prayer and the project of prayer is concerned but i just want to trace something um tonight and i'm going to be reading quite a number of scriptures so i guess that as we continue in the meeting in the weekend we'll be coming back here to tease it out a little bit more detailedly in verse two for instance you see that oh thou that hearest prayer unto thee shall all flesh come that already means that the psalmist envisages a situation where the gap that exists whether that gap is spiritual or otherwise is not the matter for now but that that scripture envisages that there is a certain level of union and communion that takes place between a person and God which cannot happen outside of the exercise that is captured in one word there, the word come. 
O thou that answers prayers, unto you shall all flesh do what? Come. There's a coming. Then, when you look at the fourth verse, which probably with my verse of uh, immediate emphasis tonight, it says, Blessed is the man whom you choose. Or blessed, the KJV says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. You'd see that in verse 2, we've been already intimated about the fact that there's a coming that is involved in this project. In verse 4, the man is now saying, Blessed is that man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee. So you see the same sentiment expressed as the word approach. So there's an approach. And it says that this man that you have cost, that you have chosen and you cost to approach unto you, the reason is so that he may dwell in thy courts. Now there's a colon after that. Now, after that, it now says, We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. In verse 4, there are two categories of people that I want to take note of very quickly as we uh, jump. So in verse 4 he says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. There is the man. The man. And this man is the beneficiary of the generosity of God that is captured in those two words. The man that God chooses and God causes him to approach unto him. The reason for which God chooses this man and causes the man to approach is that the man may dwell, that he may dwell in thy courts. Now, the, the focus of the activity of God that is ongoing in the life of this man is God. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee. The person is approaching unto God. Now, he approaches unto God so that he might dwell in the courts of God. That's one man. The, the second half of that verse talks about a different category of players altogether. That category of player is called we. Can you see it there? There's a we in that verse. There is the man and there is we. For the man, he says, this man is blessed because... You choose him and you cause him to approach unto you that he may dwell in your courts. Then there is this other category that is called we. And it says for us, we shall be what? Satisfied with what? The goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. The man is the beneficiary of the invitations of God, of the choosing of God. This man is the man that God chooses. And God doesn't only choose the man and say, well, you are in a kitty, you are therefore chosen. No. After God chooses the man, God now causes the man to approach. If we have time, somewhere in this meeting, we are going to be teasing out each of those words. The thing that is called the choice of God of a man and then when God chooses a man, how God causes a man to approach unto him, there are facilitators. 
already you have seen in verse 2 that there is the exercise that is called to come to come to come to come and then in order for you to come the bible is saying that there is a man that god chooses when god chooses that man god now causes the man god chooses the man he does not expect that man to go and find resources with which he will prosecute the journey on account of which he has been called so god summons the man and then god simply put enables the man to respond to the summon that he had given to the man god chooses the man and then god causes the man which means god is responsible for the displacement in location towards God that takes place in the practicality of the experience of this man that already has been chosen. So God chooses the man and then God causes the man to approach unto him that he may dwell in the courts of God. That's one. But then it now says, we, this man is blessed. He's blessed because this is what happens to him. But we. He didn't say whether we are blessed or not. He said we are satisfied. And what's our satisfaction? Huh? He said we shall be satisfied. With what? With the goodies of your house. Now it, it doesn't matter where those goodies meet us. Our own is, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, even of your holy temple. If you have a choice, would you rather be among we, or would you rather be the man? If you have a choice, what would you rather be? The man. Some of you are not sure because you still don't understand what I'm dealing with. So this man, I've explained the man. Let me explain the we. The we, scripture says we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Even of your holy temple. It's not a serious burden for us to be chosen and to be made to approach unto you, to dwell in your courts. There's a man like that and that man is blessed we we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house the things that are the benefits of your house the supplies of your house if they can get to us we are satisfied there's this man that is hung up over coming to the lord and being with the lord and being in the court of the lord where any man that you choose and you cause him to approach unto you like that so that he can dwell in your court, the man is blessed. But we, we are not asking for too much. Just satisfy us with the goodness of your house. Whether he meets us at the bar, just let it, let the goodness of your house do the journey. There's a man that wants to travel. We, our own satisfaction is let goodness travel and meet us where we are. Is that okay? That man that wants to travel, we are not saying anything is wrong. In fact, the man is blessed. Blessed is the man 
that you choose and you cause him to approach unto you that he may dwell in your court. We, we are not like that man. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, even of your holy temple. Incidentally, the reason for which we are gathered this weekend is to see how there will be a change of category from this demographics that is called we that there will be relocation from that class of people and from that experience of life into the experience of life that is captured in the narrative of this man that after this weekend you will be such a man that is blessed and your blessedness will be on account of the fact that you are chosen and on account of the fact that over and above the fact that you've been chosen would be that God causes you to approach unto him so that you can dwell in God's native habitat because it is on the strength of the possibilities and the privileges of the man that we can ever hope to be satisfied. It is this man that is blessed that is the reason why we can receive anything that is called goodness at all from the house of God and from the temple of God. The story, the story that scripture is trying to delineate for us in that portion of, pass, of that passage of scripture is akin to what happened in the Old Testament. Of course, in the Old Testament, there was only one man that had the indescribable privilege of going all the way into the holiest of holies in the tabernacle of God. That man came from that place and then he is able to pronounce certain blessings upon the men of Israel, upon the people of Israel. Now, but apart from this day, Yom Kippur, the day of national atonement, the priests like Zacharias, they had the privilege of going into the holy place, the second outlay in the tabernacle, in order to burn the incenses of God and to do the service of the Lord. When they are done with their service in that holy place, it was their responsibility to come outside and then pronounce God's blessings upon the children of Israel. Remember that it was while Israel was waiting at the door outside in the outer court of the, ta- of the temple in the days of Zacharias as he did ministry in the holy place that an angel of the Lord appeared unto Zacharias. Have you ever heard of anybody bumping into an angel of the Lord in the outer court? No, I haven't because that's not the place. But it was in the holy place that this angel bumped that or Zacharias bumped into the angel. When that transaction was done, Zacharias came outside. The people that were outside were waiting for Zacharias to come out and pronounce upon them, the Lord bless you and keep you. And then they'll say, Amen. The Lord be gracious unto you and uh, grant you peace. Amen. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Amen. Peace be upon you. Amen. It was the proclamation of the shalom. That was what they were waiting for. That is the we. That's the we. 
while that was permissible and allowable within the context of the covenant in which people like Zacharias and the worshippers in those days lived, there is no reason why that should still be obtainable today. The privilege that was given to a select few in Israel in those days, and that select few is the sons and the daughters of Levi, or the sons of Levi, the Aaronic priesthood, that the Bible said, uh, no man takes his own unto himself except he that is called of God, even as Aaron was. That honor is an honor that all the saints of God now have. For anybody living in our time to still put themselves in the place where the Aaronic priesthood is still the model by which their lives are lived. It is to shortchange yourself and to live far, far below the measure of the reality that Jesus Christ has procured for us by his life and by his labors. Listen to me. Incidentally, it's still the case that so many people still live by that template. The pastor pray for me generation. In fact, what was supposed to be the benediction what was supposed to be the proclamation that the priesthood brought upon the children of israel at the end of the service has become the service in many congregations today um all right what i'm trying to explain is this when you come for when you come for a church service and the focus of the church service is supposed to place the blessing upon you such that every statement that the preacher or the man of God makes, he has to do the application which simply is to transfer certain things upon you. There's a word I use for that kind of service. I'm trying to record the word. Okay? So, it's just simply saying that this week you are going to be the head and not the tail. You say amen. And then I tell you to go to seven persons and slap them a high five and tell them, I see you at the top. I see you at the top. I see you at the top. You do that. Okay? And I'm just, out of the 45 minutes I have, probably we shared it like 60, 40. I spoke for 60 uh, percent of the time. And then you spoke for 40 percent of the time. Sometimes it's more terrible than that. Because almost every statement I make, I'm going to ask you to make the statement to three people to five people. You might come out of that service feeling very excited and feeling very blessed. Very blessed because I pronounce a lot of blessings upon you. That is how to be we. Are you here? Are you with me? That's how to be what? We. We the people. But there is this man. There is this man. That he is blessed. And the blessedness of that man. Is the fact that God chooses him. God grants him access. God grants him access unto himself. It is on the basis of the transaction that is taking place. On account of that privilege. That the man is able to come back. And then distribute to we the goodness of the house of God. Are you here? 
I'm saying to you tonight that there's no reason to be we when you can be the man. The focus of our gathering this weekend is to raise this man, this man. Because in the New Testament, that man is no longer the privileged man that comes out of the loins of Levi, the son of Jacob. No. In this dispensation, in this testament, that man is the saint. That man is a believer. We are the royal priesthood. We are the chosen generation. We are the people that are supposed to function and serve as kings and as priests unto the Lord. The day where one man had the access code to connecting with God and then the rest of us are just receivers and consumers. That day past the day that Jesus said it is finished on the cross and the curtain of the, that separated the holy place from the holy of holies was torn from top to bottom. That day God was indicating that the way is now being made open and from that day whosoever will may come. But men of God generally naturally like to be needed. I don't know how some of them survive it, but it's, it's very undeniable that men of God generally like to be needed. It's usually part of the portfolio of a lot of people. Part of their portfolio is the ability to be able to say, you know what, I've been canceling since 8 a.m. this morning. Um, and um, this is, um, wow, it's just 7 o'clock now. And I've not had up to an hour break since morning. I didn't have enough time to eat. Been counseling since morning. Pastors like to be needed. Because of that, they enjoy to live in that state of perpetual dependency upon them. For a lot of people, they are going to become threatened if you as a person started to make progress in this outlay that is consistent with the experience of the man. The moment you are on that journey, a lot of pastors are going to start feeling intimidated because it would mean that uh, their ministries, the things that they used to legitimize their ministry are no longer going to be available because several of the issues that you have been taking to the man of God are issues that should have been discussed with you if you were the man. On approach, some of those things would have been things that you pick up, the answers to several of those matters are answers that you would have picked up on approach if you had responded to the one that chose you and called you to come. Some of the times you will not even arrive before you pick up the answers. But if you are not involved in that journey, so long as you are a stranger to that landscape, what will happen is that you are going to need somebody who correctly or wrongly knows that landscape you are going to be depending on that person in order to be able to come to grasp or in order to be able to chance upon the things that are supposed to be found in that landscape. You can't have them on your own because you are a stranger to the landscape. The man that is not a stranger to the landscape is a person that you are always going to be dependent upon in order to get the deliverables that are consistent with that realm. Unfortunately, many of the time, the truth of the matter is several of the people that we have tried to depend upon are not as vast in that world as we would imagine that they are. 
So, what happens is that it's a double blind. Alright? Uh, like that man sang that time. is double wahala for dead body. When, when, when the dead body is involved in a car accident, do you understand? That's double wahala. He's already dead. Now, to go and bury the thing again, accident. When a dead body is having an accident... That's the problem. That's, that's the description of a life of dependence upon a person that is a stranger to a realm where your answers must come from. And that's why you notice that it never ends. It never ends. Some of us, our parents were believers before we were born. But your parents cannot take any step until they check with their man of God. Hello? The clergy in the landscape, they have raised an infantile generation, an infantile Christian uh, uh, congregation. Infantile is very dignifying, really. Because if, if what goes on in the land now, if what goes on in the land now is to be put on the scales accurately, is something a lot, a lot worse than infantile. Believe me. So several of you, some of your people, some of your parents, they can't travel unless the man of God says the road is clear. And these parents are going to be claiming that they were Christians before you were born. Excuse me, am I lying? Do I have a witness in this house? And then they say, ah, they say, madam, the road is not today, not today, not today, not today. All of it is control. It's manipulation. The reason for that manipulation is because they don't want to lose control. And the reason for which we are susceptible to those kinds of manipulations is because we are strangers to this landscape that God in his mercy has invited all of us. So, the point this weekend is to see how do I migrate from we to what? The man. And you know the difference between we and the man. This man is blessed because God chooses him and causes him to approach unto him so that this man may dwell in the courts of God. But then we are those that are satisfied with goodness. I was sick, oh God healed me. Hey, praise the Lord. Do you know how very time-wasting it will feel in the spiritual palette and time structure of a lot of Christians if they came to church and then during testimony time somebody came up and said, ah, I want to testify. In the last three months, my relationship with Jesus Christ has been growing deeper and deeper. I'm loving him more and more every day. My prayer time is getting more and more intense. Sometimes I want to spend 30 minutes before I know what's happening. I spend 90 minutes when I'm reading the Bible. Somebody is there saying, um, can we have testimony? Test. When is the real testimony? Then? Let's have the real testimony. And in churches where they vet testimony before they call you up, you can be sure that you won't have a chance. You know, in some churches, you have to tell the testimony first. You have to testify to somebody then if the person is happy with your testimony, they cannot allow you to testify uh-huh, to the church. So your testimony will not pass that screening. 
if what you want to come and tell us is that your relationship with God is improving, is getting deeper and sweeter. No. The testimonies we celebrate in church is we. Is we testimony. You know we testimony? Ah! Hmm. If you know how broke I have been since this year began. Until that midweek service, that papa said that somebody is going to transition from and we have supernatural breakthrough. After that Wednesday, by Thursday morning, I got a phone call. Then the church is going to go wild. You know what is going on? We shall be satisfied with what? Goodness. It doesn't matter where it meets us. We are not interested in relationship. We are just looking for the goodness of your house. And if we get it, we are satisfied. Then the church has been tailored in a way that that is what we project. That is what we advertise. That is what is going on everywhere. So that is what everybody has come to be accustomed to and acclimatized to as normative. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, even of your holy temple. And there are so many goodnesses there. So the man that has access into that place can go from storeroom to storeroom as he pays the price for next level access. And the things that he chances upon as he goes to that place, by inheritance, they become his possession. Then when he comes to we, he now brandishes it before our eyes. And sometimes we even have to pay a consultation fee. And there are not some of your people that are paid consultation fee to man of God because he needs to fast for them for seven days. Talk back to me. Talk back to me. We, we know these things. Say, ah, this thing, we need to go on the mountain. And they will need to fast for seven days. How much is the fee for breaking fast every day? What's the range? Talk to me. You know what I'm talking about. Don't leave me in the cold. What's the average? Just the average. Because men of God are also in different rankings. So, they charge according to their... So, talk to me. Okay. Yeah, there's 2K, right? Yes. Those are the uneducated prophets. Those ones take like 2K. Aha, talk to me, talk to me. The polished ones. Five. Yeah, five mid-range. Yeah, five. Ten. You know, many years ago, a man of God told me that the kind of ministry I do was the kind of ministry he did when he didn't know so much. And that in his words, he said, I don't do this kind of suffer-head ministry anymore. So what he now said he does is, he does family ministration. Ministers to family, not this kind of multitude. Ministers to family. He comes to the house, three days, Prayer and fasting. The first day he prays alone, breaks in the evening. Second day he prays alone. On the third day he prays alone. Then that third day we probably coincide with a Friday. Then he gathers the family together and does vigil for them. This story I'm telling you was more than 10 years ago. And he said at that time that uh, more than 10 years, well, yeah, way more than 10 years ago. Okay? Yeah, about 16 years ago now. That after these three days of exercise in that family, by the time he's going, the minimum he takes is 120,000. Now, now, now you, so you see why I told you that they are in categories, isn't it? 
Okay, so he does this for military officers, high-ranking people in society who really don't have time to pray and that kind of thing. Yet they want to be promoted at work and all that. It's always very easy to outsource your spirituality to somebody else. And if in exchange for that, you can just give them something that is far less than a tithe of your tithe every month, why not? Then you can just run your life expecting that this man is collecting all the things you need from the presence of the Lord and then he's bringing it down to you. Let me hear you say, we. We. Uh, that's we. So, he says, uh, of course, 15 years ago, I didn't have a car. So he said, this kind of yourself, I had ministry. If I take you to three places, with the grace of God upon your life, you buy a car. That for him was ministry. He had stopped doing this kind of public place ministry. When some of these men collect 2K, 5K from your people that they are going to fast for seven days, you multiply 2K by seven days. That's 14,000, isn't it? That's for breaking fast. What you don't know is the number of people they have collected the same 2K from that they are going to be fasting for them within that same period. Oh, or you think that when they say they are going for seven days, it's only your matter they are going to. No, it can't be. Like, seriously, it can't be. So, at the end of the day, let me tell you, at the end of the day, that man probably has told up to 10, 20 people that he's going to pray and fast for them for seven days. He collects that money. Um, see, eight out of ten times, they don't fast seven days. Believe me. Eight out of ten times, they are not doing the seven-day fast. And let's even assume they do it. How much time do you think that man is going to spend on your own prayer issue? When there are probably like 20 or 35 of you that you're supposed to be praying for. How many hours do you think he's going to spend praying that day? I'm trying to say to you, brothers and sisters, listen to me. I'm trying to say to you that the best prayer warrior for your life is you. No matter who says, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. They may not be lying that they pray for you. But I'm trying to say to you that the best prayers that God will hear on account of your life. Because the best prayers that can arrive God's presence on account of your life. It can be somebody else's, but it will not be. Because that person does not exist. Are you with me? That person really does not exist. If you don't take responsibility for your spiritual maturity and growth, nobody's going to make it happen for you. You can decide to remain among we. And it's not a problem. There's a point in your life where you have to be among we. Nobody was born matured. Born naturally or spiritually. Nobody was born mature. There's a point in your life where you are supposed to be dependent. The goal of that point in your life is that you are supposed to be dependent and then it will be the responsibilities of those that have responsibility over your life to take care of you and then groom you and grow you until you also are able to stand on your feet and provide the same kind of ministry you have enjoyed unto those that will be coming behind you. That is how every species ensures that they don't go into extinction. But if things continue the way they are going, this, the, the, the Christian, the Christian, the proper Christian of God's ordination has become an endangered species in our land. Because what we are raising everywhere is we. 
do you think many people decide on what church to attend? It's because of where reason is, can be maximized. Yes, that's how people decide what church to attend. Is the maximization of wisdom is to say which church is the church where the pastor is happening the most. So we are looking for where it's happening, and that happening is because of the pastor. Say, oh boy, the kind of testimony where they come out from that place, don't be smart, you know. So gradually, you are going to migrate there. That's how to be what we. And that's why men of God are put under increasing pressure to falsify, to lie, to forge, and to do everything possible just to have the appearance of it's happening here also. Yet the last time I checked, that was not the goal of the ecclesia. The last time I checked, the goal of our assembling together is not wisdom. That's not the goal of our assembling together. The church exists as, among other reasons, part of the function of the church is to serve as an incendiary a, a, a fellowship of believers. That means that there's supposed to be a mutuality, both of supply, a mutuality of benefit. That, it, that should exist every time that the ecclesia is occasion. There's such a thing called that which every joint supplies. Have you read it in scripture? Have you read it in scripture? A lot of people don't choose the assemblies to join on the basis of what they can supply. As members of the body of Christ, some persons have become perpetual dependent, perpetual consumers. But then the original thing in the heart of God is that every member should be a contributing member because every member should be functional within the system that is called the body of Christ. Secondly, God intended that the church of God will be the legislative arm of heaven's government of the face of the earth. That wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, that I will be there in the midst of them. What that means is, God finds opportunity and platform for intervention by the assembling together of believers. That if the church is properly occasioned, there's supposed to be an animating reality within our midst. And that animating reality will be Jesus Christ. Every time Jesus Christ comes into our midst as the animating reality of our congregating, what happens is government. You begin to have speakings coming out of the very throne of God because it says, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I am what? There, where? in the midst of them it would mean that every time every time that two or three are gathered together in my name which is actually the definition of church that's the minimum requirement for church church is two or three gathered together where in his name not in a building the building is supposed to be a location in a location are you with me Yes, the physical landscape, the physical uh, enclosure, the physical structure within which we meet is supposed to be a location within a location. Otherwise, it doesn't count for anything. He says, wherever, not whenever, 
wherever. That wherever means either in this classroom, under the mango tree, under open heavens. It just wherever means what? Wherever. Meanwhile, you hear people say to that, ah, no, this place is not con- no, 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 no. We ah, no, we are gospel. We can't meet in this place. Jesus said wherever. And that wherever actually means wherever. Which means that if the wherever is the purchased building is as posh as anything or is more posh than anything else in the landscape, it qualifies as wherever. If that wherever is an uncompleted building, it qualifies as wherever. The real factor in every such gathering is not the wherever. It is that wherever two or three are gathered together in my name. There's a location that is specified. There's one that is not specified. That one can, is a variable. And you can decide to fill it in with whatever you want to fill it in. There is one that is a constant. If your gathering is going to strike any chord in the realms of God. And what is that one? My name. It says wherever two or three are gathered together in my name. So, the location where you are gathered together is supposed to be in another location. That location is supposed to be in the name of Jesus. That if we are gathered in this house, this is wherever. Wherever two or three are gathered together, in my name. That as we are in this house, we are in this house in his name. This house is a location. In a location. That second location is his name. He said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. Or there I am. How? In the midst of them. Alright, you can't take that tonight. So I'll leave it. Because I'm losing you already. But you need to understand that technology. If this is our prayer venture, we walk. Because you need to know, you need to understand the dynamics of the body of Christ. You need to understand the operating manual by which God intends to enforce government on the face of the earth. The reason why the church is losing power, the, losing, the reason why the church is lo- losing influence in the landscape is not because God is becoming aged. God is not losing strength. The arm of the Lord is as strong as it has always been. His ears are not dull that he cannot hear. God has not given up on our world. We need to find it back at home and to rise to what was the original model. Because no matter how many changes has taken place in the last 2,000 years, there are certain things that don't yield. Forever, oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Certain things cannot be revised. Certain things cannot yield. Certain things are constant. If any change must take place, it must take place on our side. It cannot be expected to take place on that side. If we don't know where the original lands, land, landmarks are, then compliance cannot even be in view. So part of the teachings we'll be doing in this weekend will be so that you will understand the spiritual, uh, 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 the, the spiritual principles that undergird the exercise and the project of prayer. So you would know that every time you come to prayer, you'll be able to properly locate yourself within the spiritual infrastructure that is amenable to the manner and the way in which you have come part time. 
Because the dynamics of personal prayer is not the same as the dynamics of corporate praying. Are you with me? Because the provisions in the landscape that God has made available for us in the spirit to prosecute those two kinds of prayers are not the same. If we don't know these things, we are going to be continually uh, that sort of people that is called we. And that's where a lot of people want to be. It's like back in the day when our forefathers were traditionalists and didn't know Jesus. The priests and the babanawos that was consulted, they were consulted on the basis of their spiritual prowess. Say, ah, say that man, his own doesn't used to fail. That determines whether you get customers or you don't get customers. In the New Testament, every member of every congregation is supposed to be a functional member. It's supposed to be a contributing member. That if the church is going down, it's our corporate responsibility to make sure it doesn't. But those are not the kinds of considerations that we use when we choose where to worship. Are you with me? You choose what to worship. You're looking for a church where you will be what? Blessed. Meanwhile, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto you. That's where the blessing is. Why not look for the church where you can be the blessing? Rather than looking for the church that will bless you. If you have been born again for more than three and a half years, there's no reason why you should be looking for the church where you'll be blessed, primarily. Because that was how long the disciples of Jesus were with him before he sent them out to do ministry. Are you with me? They were with him for three and a half years. That was the entire period of their discipleship. That's the average period that it takes to any university degree. Yes. In three and a half years, they graduated. And whether they did well or not is no longer up for debate. Because it's been 2,000 years and we are still here. That we are here is proof positive that they did well. So if you've been born again for anywhere upwards of three and a half years, you cannot be primarily looking for the church where you can be blessed. Not because whatever church you choose should not bless you. I'm saying primarily. That cannot be your primary motivation anymore. A point comes where you have become a functional member. And God is putting you in a certain place. And wherever God puts you so that you will bring something to that system. That which every joint supplies. You become a supplier. You are not just coming to consume. You are coming on the basis of a mutuality that ought to exist within the body. That there is something here that is going to flow into me. And that there is something in me that is going to flow into the pool that is called the ecclesia, that is called the church of God. This distinction between the man and we is a distinction that I cannot impress upon you hard enough. But if only tonight, there is just the faintest of desire in your spirit to say, Lord, I want to migrate. I want to migrate from we. We. I want to migrate to the man. If that kind of a desire can be breached in your spirit tonight, 
our first objective would have been achieved. That the day will come that as you are, you will be able to stand on your feet and carry spiritual burdens and projects for the Lord. We're going to be dealing with all of that in the course of the weekend. That you can midwife, you can midwife spiritual projects in the place of prayer and see them all the way to full term and see them to delivery. It's an art that is no longer popular in the landscape because we are a fast-paced generation. We live in a fast-paced generation. Unfortunately, the principles, the protocols, the priorities, and the practices of the kingdom of God have not changed. Are you with me? There are no microwave ovens in heaven. I think the old church father says the meal of God, it grinds slowly, but it grinds surely. You may be in a hurry. When you come to God, you are going to have to come to him on his own terms. And when you deal with God, line has to be upon line. Precept has to be upon precept. Here a little. Very little. God can be annoyingly slow to the human flesh. But that's part of why he's God. You can get angry, you can get impatient, no problem. Any day you are ready, you are going to come back to meet the same thing. Whenever you are ready to meet business, when you come back, you'll find out that he is the I am that I am. That means what I am is what I am. Are you with me? What I am. That's what I am. 2,000 years ago, what I am is what I am. So those of you that are feeling well, well, maybe not now, maybe not now, maybe not now. Six years down the line, when you finally, when you, all right? When you settle down, you want to now mean business, you realize that God has not moved. And he's not going to say, okay, yeah, we can wave that off. The last time that you were captured in the ledger, that's where you're going to start from. And then you'll find out that it was not in your interest to have turned your back on him all this while. Because the principles of this kingdom the standard of the Lord stands sure. The foundation of the Lord stands sure. And it has a seal. The Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. These things don't yield. When I say yield, you know what I mean. They don't change. They don't give in. They don't cave in. People have tried to beat, to, to, to beat God to different shapes. They've tried it. In all of human history, the cumulative testimony of human history and the testimony of scripture tells us that at the end of the day, it is God that wins. Don't start a fight that nobody has ever won because you will not win. Are you with me? So tonight, we want to see if there is a way to transition from we to this man. That's the man I want to be. Does anybody have that desire here tonight? That you become the eye of God in the spirit over your family. That you become the ears of God. 
that when God is coming through your territory, he can come through your place and say, will I hide from Abraham the thing that I shall do? Because I know him, that you'll be that kind of man. A man that God cannot come into his environment without consulting with him. God put himself at the disposal of a man. And Abraham said, with due respect, sir, elementary lesson in spirituality. So he reminded God of the lessons he had taken. We did God of the whole earth not do that which is right. Why are you going to condemn the just with the unjust? He was reading back to God out of God's own scroll. Hello? Hello? And so God stood there with him and he talked with the Lord. Started from about a hundred. He got all the way to ten. And God said for ten, I will. I wish he had come to five. And then God went. There were no ten persons. Imagine if they found ten persons. Imagine that Sodom and Gomorrah escaped the destruction that was promised upon them or that was going to come upon them that day. Do you know what would have happened? The men and women of Sodom and Gomorrah would not have even known that there was an impending danger that had been averted, right? Number two, even if they knew, they would not have known on whose account it was averted. But the Lord knoweth them that are his. So when we are saying, pray for Nigeria, Christians are praying, Muslims are praying, witches are praying, everybody is praying. Right? Everybody is praying. At the end of the day, listen to me, at the end of the day, if God, every time that God has intervened in this nation, every time God has intervened in this nation, it's only God that knows whose prayer he was responding to. It's only God that knows whose prayer he was responding to. If God had intervened in Sodom and Gomorrah, it's only God that would have known that the help that came upon Sodom and Gomorrah was internationally sourced. It was sourced from another land. There was nothing in Sodom and Gomorrah that raised sufficient stature, that has sufficient stature in God's presence enough to avert what was coming upon it. They would not have known that it was because of the righteousness and the standing of one man. And sometimes it may be because of that girl that everybody calls Holy Mary, Holy Mary, Holy Mary. Sometimes it may be because of that girl that the people that are calling her names have lived long enough to be able to call her names. Sometimes the young man that everybody in the family looks down upon because they say you have wasted your life. The only thing you know is prayer and fasting. The only thing you know is prayer and God and Bible. The only thing you know. Many of the time, some of the people raising those kinds of words against the young man do not know that seven years ago they were in the eye of the storm that is called death and it was a prayer and the intercession of this young man that they castigate now that was the grounds upon which intervention came from heaven that the angel that was dispatched in order to save his life was dispatched in answer to the desperate cries of this watchman in the spirit there is we. But if we are going to have anything at all to enjoy, there must be demand that goes into the storehouse of God that lays hold upon the God.
goodness of that house and then thou understands the technology by which that goodness can be pushed from that realm and given materiality in this realm. But there is the question tonight is this. Why be we when you can be the man? How long? How long? How long? Oh, thou that answer prayers unto you, all flesh will come. I want to come and come and come and come again before all flesh will gather before you. Because I can't go there tonight. You see that verse 2? I can't go there tonight. But I want you to know that this God we are talking about, all flesh will come before him. Hello? Unfortunately, by the time all flesh come before him in context, they are going to come before him and discover that he is the one that answers prayers. Everybody is going to stand before the Lord someday. Huh? If you are a sinner, you will stand before the Lord as the one that answers prayers. And then the Lord would have said to you that if you have said, have mercy upon me, I am the one that answers prayers. I would have answered. As a believer, you will stand before the Lord. And the Lord would have said to you, I'm the one that answers prayers. The reasons for which you suffered many of the things you ought not to have suffered. Before you came here today, I am the one that answers prayers. And I need you to know that all flesh will come before him. So why are you avoiding God when it is inevitable? Get used to him before that inevitable day will break. When that day breaks and some people are coming for the first time, you will come as a son in the house. You come as a son. You will be the usher. It will look and say, ah, but all of us came. You say, no. Some of us have been coming long before all of us came. Don't be weak when you can be the man. And tonight, a journey begins. This night, you are going to say, I come. Is that okay? Will that be okay? Be- by tomorrow, we will not pick on, on the word come. Then we will try to explain what must happen when a man comes. But at least tonight, let there be a coming. Let there be a displacement in location from where you are now to where you will be by the time you leave this place. There is, there is, a, there is a call in the spirit. Whosoever will, let him come. The spirit and the bride says, Come! Come. Revelation chapter 4. He says, Come up, Hidah. Come! Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Unto you that answer prayer, all flesh shall what? Come. And I want you to know that if they don't come voluntarily, they are going to come inevitably. Uh, someday, the man that has always turned his back upon God, someday he will find out that it's, it's not possible forever. It's not possible forever. No man can avoid God forever. That's why God doesn't bully, pe- bully people into a relationship with him. Because he knows you can't avoid him forever. 
That's why sometimes it looks as if God doesn't care. The way you live your life and the way you do what you do because he knows you can't avoid him forever. He's the one that answers prayer and it is to him that all flesh will come. That's why nobody will have an excuse before the Lord. Because he says, call unto me and I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. The same Lord over all is rich unto them that call upon his name. No man will have an excuse before the Lord when he stands before the Lord. Because nobody sought the Lord and didn't find the Lord. If he sought the Lord with all his heart. For you shall seek for me and you shall find me. When you shall seek for me with all your heart. It's a promise from the one that cannot lie. If a man didn't find God in the course of his pilgrimage upon the face of the earth, it was not because God was too hard to find. It was because the man was too busy to look. And I need you to know that by the immutability, by the very nature of the unbreakable kingdom of God, God has decided that nobody finds him without seeking him. And I used to tell people that even though God is not missing, you need to seek him in order to find him. Nobody stumbles upon God. It's time to come. Can we can we travel a little tonight? I come, I come, I come, I come, I come to the one that answers prayers. Hey! Let me know you as the answerer of prayers. Kayo, Kayo. Hey! Hey! tonight you can ascend you can rise yes 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 I want to seek you 
there's transport there's transport there is transport if you are available if you are willing if you are disposed you can travel tonight you can travel tonight come you have been missing in his presence for three weeks for two weeks for three months but tonight you can come you can come you can come I want to see you I want to, see you. I want to know your way I want so I can leave your place keep coming you can keep coming you can keep coming there's access there's access by the blood there's access there's access there's transport in the holy ghost you can come I want to see your face. I want to know. I 
I want to know your ways. I want to touch. I want to touch your grace. So I can live your days. So I can live your days. I want to see you. And the Asaka Naman Shabana Monsasa. Keep going, 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 keep going. Jesus, Jesus. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, so I can live your days. I want to see you.
Answer prayers. All flesh. All flesh come before him. And he says, I'm the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? You can come with your inconsistencies. You can come with your deficiencies you can come whatever happens make sure you come make sure you come make sure you come with your limitations with your shortcomings with your sins with your mistakes with your weaknesses with your deficiencies you can come is the one that answers prayers. You can come. Mercy flows from before his throne. You can come. Yes, Jesus. There's a river flowing in this place tonight. 
The Spirit of our Lord is in this house. Elohim 
Madonai, Elohim Adonai, Elohim Adonai, Elohim Adonai, Elohim Adonai, Elohim Adonai, Elohim Adonai. Elohim Adonai Elohim Adonai Elohim Adonai Elohim Adonai Shabbat Adonai Shabbat Adonai Shabbat Adonai Shabbat The hand of the Lord is strong in this house tonight. The hand of the Lord is strong in this house tonight. Has begun. 
when shall I come and appear before my God? You can have your seat for two seconds. Just sit as we close. Beautiful seeing us all gathered together here tonight. It's an honor. It is. Um, so, I think it's proper for me to introduce. Um, well, there are a couple of people that need to be introduced. But then, um, I just want us to appreciate a couple of people. A number of my guys came in from Joss. I mean, they are here. Joss people. There's my guy from Benin. It's, there's Fumi from Ibadan. It's, it's, it's beautiful to have everyone come together. Indeed, it's, it's a convocation, right? It's a convocation. It's not just that kind of meeting. There are different graces that God is bringing and making available in this meeting and um, as you would eventually learn it is not everybody it is not only the people that hold the mic that minister in meeting okay so um, we are blessed there are different graces God has sent our way this weekend and um, thank you all so much for coming um, I also want to introduce my father in the Lord Apostle Gideon Odoma please can we appreciate him and we appreciate him. It's, it's beautiful to have him around. In case you don't know, he's a very busy person. Um, he is a very busy person. So 